0: This is the Ryder and Lisa Replay.
1: Brought to you by Action Furnace. Fixed right or it's free. Today
0: we're counting down the top seven worst people in public.
1: Yeah, and we can have some honorable mentions, so get in on this. Melissa said, people who have to go and get a beer 75 times during a concert. This happened last night. We had to keep standing up and moving for them. The Kane Brown concert happened Mm. last night at Roger's Place, which is a country singer, Sure, lots of beer.
0: Lots of beer. It's
1: bound to happen, but it is very annoying. I agree.
0: You also wanted to add people that don't let you in in the grocery store?
1: No, no, no. It was more so when people can see that you only have a handful of items, and they have a full cart, and they don't have the courtesy to let you go ahead of Uh, them.
0: See, I don't think that one needs to to be on there. What's the line that you draw? Like One or two items I get, maybe, but a handful of things? That can mean eight things. That's going to take a while.
1: So if you had a full stacked cart, you wouldn't let someone go ahead of you if they only had like half of a basket.
0: Oh, they have a basket? It's not just they're carrying it? No. If they have a basket, no. That's pretty much a cart. I can't see how many little things you have in that basket.
1: Fine. Okay, coming (laughs) in at number seven.
0: Uh, Snot monsters.
1: Anyone that hucks a loogie Mm. in public should be fined. There's
0: a guy that works out about the same time as I do, and uh, for some reason when he gets in that... Shower. He is just clearing everything out, and it's disgusting. No, like I've been gagging in the shower next to him.
1: That's horrible. You should not be doing that in a public. No, like go blow room. your
0: nose before you have a shower. We
1: had a coworker that would come into the studio before Ugh. his shift, and he would huck a loogie in the garbage can right behind Ryder. We would still be in here. We weren't even done our shift yet. It was so gross. It was so nasty, and he, so bad. He'd also
0: just fart like. <laughs> whenever he wanted. He like had no courtesy for anybody else. No.
1: So don't be that person.
0: Happy to see that guy go.
1: <laughs> One time I tried to spit out of my car, like tried to hack a loogie, mm-hmm. and it just like went down my chin. Cool. So I don't even have the capability to do it, but no, if I did, good. I wouldn't.
0: Uh, next up, at number six, for the top seven worst people in public, we have the person who stands too close in line to you.
1: Yeah, especially over these past few years now. If I can feel
0: your breath on my neck, I'm not interested in being there anymore. I want to leave immediately. <laughs> you're making this lineup very uncomfortable. And <laughs> yeah, number five, this is one that you wanted to add to the list for sure. It's when uh, you're at a sporting event or a concert and you have a sports or music know-it-all sitting behind you. It's just filling Just feeling-
1: constant commentary. It's like, come on. Come on, that's enough.
0: Did you know uh, he used to wear number sixteen in junior? You're like, I don't care <laughs> what number he wore in junior. And what?
1: Neither does the person that you're with. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's definitely up there, um, which does make me realize that oh, the person in front of me can hear everything, everything I'm
0: you're saying. saying. Yeah, good. Point. Gotta be aware of that. At number four, we have uh, the don't give you the wave when you let them in.
1: Is this a thing of the past? Because I am fed up. With not getting a wave, mm-hmm. I go out of my way. I almost get in an accident to let people in. To, no, to let people see my wave. Oh, gotcha. Like if I think, oh, there's a little too much snow on my back window, I'll unroll my window. Yeah, yeah. Shove my hand out of it to wave.
0: Well, and quite often, if I'm driving and somebody lets me in, you're like, I already got the wave. You'll I'm be on like it. turned around. Yeah, I got. Making sure duty. they see you. Yeah,
1: it's so important.
0: So we're going through the top seven worst people in public. At number three, we have the lotto ticket checkers that end up in front of you. Maybe it's the gas station. This was a way worse problem when you had to go inside to pay. Yeah, there's apps now,
1: too, that you can check your lotto tickets.
0: But there's still people that, for some reason, will bring in their 75 tickets and just stand there until, like, some of the tickets are probably expired by the time they get them scanned. That's number three. This is tough between number two and one. This could have went either way. Yeah. At number two, we have speakerphone guy.
1: Speakerphone, um, music that's not in their headphones, public transit, open Mm. conversations over speakerphone, all of it. The whole shebang.
0: Yeah, like even having a phone conversation with somebody in public, you should try to like talk somewhat quietly. Mm. Or wait until you're alone. But, like, especially when you're just rocking the speakerphone, you can hear the other person. Just the worst. And at number one, we have, you're going to see a lot of these out there this time of year. Mm -hmm. These slow walk-in mall hand holders.
1: Yeah, Lindsay texted in saying slow walkers in the mall are groups that walk side by side together and don't let people around. It's like they think no one else is in the mall. They are just taking their time, eating their frozen yogurt. Mm -hmm. Holding hands. Dragging their feet, Uh, you. Some people, I think,
0: enjoy being at a busy mall
1: or being an inconvenience. No, no, I feel like they don't understand. They don't get it. They have no idea.
0: But like, if you're in that place and you enjoy that life, Mm. busy malls are your thing. You walk slower, I guess. You're taking it all in. Whereas the
1: rest of us are like suffocating mm-hmm. we're suffocating I need like, to get move. from
0: this store to this store to and this get store out of here so they're real frustrating
1: I think that's a really good number one answer thank you yeah hmm this time of year <laughs> slow walkers what are we gonna do this is what I do I put my cheeseburger wrappers in their purses
0: <laughs> yeah, I that like that
1: <laughs>
0: and a great tip for driving that I got once was pretend that you're balancing this is for winter driving Balancing a glass with water on it on your dash. Uh-huh, and you just never really punch it You never slam on the brakes and I'd like to, to think that I'm a great winter driver
1: I like to think that my car would be covered in water because I don't drive. <laughs>
0: you like don't that. drive like that at all. <laughs> no, uh, one of the other tips we heard once was just drive like a grandma
1: Yep, that's exactly right.
0: And then we decided to write a rap song about it. Here it is We
1: Like grandmas,
0: you probably wanna get out of the way of our cars. We Drive like grandmas two hands on the wheel going slower than a baby turtle When I roll, I roll
2: real slow. You gotta be careful when there's so much snow You can catch me on the white my do with
0: 35 clicks. I'm a bona fide hustler when the roads are slick And I go even slower in a residential Obeying all the signs and all the potential hazards Letter coming my way, take your foot off the gas, cause you're gonna have to wait. Oui.
2: Drive like grandmas. You probably wanna get out of the way of our cars. We
0: drive like grandmas. Two hands on the wheel, going slower than a baby turtle.
1: Move, kids, get out the way. grandma's on the road and they haven't been paved. I've been going real slow, pushing on the brakes. You know we had more patience back in my day. Why you gotta hate, boy? Why you in a hurry? I've been doing crochet. while you flying through the flurries? Bye-bye. Shades, my vision real blurry. Radio blasting, I'm singing anne Murray. Trying to tell KB, you crazy. I'm a gangster, grandma. Ain't no driving, Miss Daisy. Hit the beauty parlor, rolled up my curls. Picked up the crew, we the new golden girls. Parked a handy van in the handicapped spot. Rolled up to the casino, throwing coins at Fanny's plots. We drive
2: like grandmas. You probably want to get out of the
0: way of our cars. We Drive like grandma's two on the wheel, wheel going slow with a baby turtle. Call the cops, I'm driving like a granny. I just finished my beans and pickles, granny been canning. What do you want for Christmas? Too bad, you're getting socks. And I'ma leave my blinker on for fifty. Bucks. Changing lanes on hand, they so unpredictable. You mad, bro? Wanna Werther's original? You may have a big bass truck that's all fancy, but I got some beige too. My granny panties. Drive like grandmas. You probably wanna get out of the way of our cars. We drive like grandmas. Two hands on the wheel, going slower than a baby turtle. I like turtles. Play five simple words, one thousand dollars. It's Ryder and Lisa's one K word play. Caller seven joins us. Kristen, are you ready to win some money?
1: Sure am. All right.
0: Hi. So here's how the game works. You're, you're going to pick a teammate, either Lisa or I, that you think you might feel uh, that you think the same mm-hmm. as. Mm-hmm. We'll send them out of the room. We're going to give you five words. You tell us the first word that comes to mind for each. We'll invite them back in. Haven't heard anything. They'll do the same thing. For everyone that matches, it's $25. If you hit all five, it's 1000 And there is a 25-second timer.
1: Sounds good. Who's your teammate today, Kristen? I'm going to go with Lisa. All right. I'm out of here.
0: Let me just get this timer ready to rip. I will start it after I give you the first word, okay?
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Let's do this macaroni, cheese, blanket, warm, Nintendo, Switch, groceries, food, toaster. Uh, Alright, well done That was very quick Lots of time left remaining We'll get Lisa back in here Not
1: already? No, yeah Ooh, hey.
0: That was about 25 seconds
1: Was it? Oh, okay I must have uh, <laughs> fallen asleep you in the You were hallway. outside
0: just like looking at stuff I'm Like, Lisa, <laughs> Sorry,
1: Okay, first word
0: She did very well
1: Okay Hi oh, yeah.
0: First word, we're going with macaroni. Cheese. I hit that. I knew that was coming. Yeah. You nailed that one. It's an easy one. Next up, we're going to go with groceries.
1: Shopping. Mm. No, what happened there? (laughs) Food? Food. Yeah. Of course it was.
0: Wow, brutal. Wow,
1: rough start. (laughs) Blanket. I'm oh. uh, losing confidence. Oh no! Warm. Well, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, she was killing it. Yeah. You're just not doing great,
1: apparently. Okay, can we get fifty bucks today?
0: Toaster.
1: Bread. <laughs> what?
0: She went with oven.
1: <laughs> oh no!
0: Nintendo game. <laughs>
1: I am wow.
0: so bad. so bad. Um, uh, she went with Switch, Nintendo Switch. Ah. Well, that's Christian. 25 bucks, Kristen. Sorry,
1: girl. That's okay. I'll take it. Thank you. You're welcome. Cheers. Have a Thanks great for day. Playing. Okay, rough start to the week. That's bad okay. Bad
0: start to the week is right. That's okay. Then...
1: I will be better tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Your next chance to play is at 7.50 tomorrow morning.
1: So we're asking you what makes you problematic around the holidays.
0: Mm-hmm. The number one thing on my list is I make all of my family be huge sports fans over the holidays even though like most of them are fairly impartial but I'm like super jacked up
1: so what do you mean by that like there's always a big game on Christmas Eve yeah or what? the
0: world juniors gets going on boxing day so I'm all about that usually catch a couple oiler games while I'm out at uh, my parents over the holidays and everybody's like okay are we here to watch sports or be a family and okay. like hey we can be a family when we watch sports
1: Lots of really funny texts are rolling in. You could always give us a call as well. This one wants to remain anonymous, even though they text all the time. I'm problematic because I always eat too much at dinner, and then I am on the toilet for an hour while everyone <laughs> else does the dishes.
0: That is a great answer. It's me.
1: And then this one here from Sarah says, I'm the problem because I wait until the last minute to do everything, and then I'm a complete witch the last week leading to Christmas because I'm so stressed and I take it out on everyone else. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me.
0: This is, this is such a good line of a song. It works. like You have to own up to some of this stuff.
1: Like Sherry. I go to my parents' house and I wrap all my gifts and steal their wrapping paper and their bows, and then they go to wrap theirs and everything's gone. It's me. Seven eight zero seven eight four seven
0: one zero seven. why are you the problematic one at Christmas? I
1: tried to convince everybody to open their gifts, like, <laughs> two days before Christmas. Oh, now it's Christmas Eve, so just open one gift. <laughs> and then I come Christmas morning, there's that. nothing left to open. Well, I mean, that's okay. You leave, like, one gift, you know, for Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I kind of respect that. Like, they're, we're impatient. We're excited to show people what we got for them. Exactly. You're like, ooh, open this one right here. It's a really good one. And yeah. <laughs> like, it's not Christmas yet. And I'm like, keep okay, mine, you suck. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Megan wrote in saying, hey guys, I'm problematic over the holidays because when I end up meeting up with people that you usually only see around Christmas, you know, friends of friends, I remember their dog's names, but not their names or their kids' names. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, I, I'm the problem, it's me. Nick says, "I'm like the Clark Griswold, always trying to force the good old fashioned family Christmas, but I also hate exchanging gifts or asking for something from adults because it just feels like we're trading a bunch of stuff." Yeah, that does make you a problem, especially for other adults that love the gift giving mm-hmm. part, you know,
0: or hate it. He kind of becomes the problem for both sides. Yeah. It's me. 780 784 7107. What do you got?
2: I am the worst person in crowds and dealing with shopping centers, so I have to leave all the shopping to my wife.
1: <sighs> <sighs> do you have kids?
2: I got three kids, yeah.
1: So when the kids are opening up the gifts on Christmas morning, you're just as surprised as they are?
2: You don't have I know where the wife stashes <laughs> them. <laughs> okay. It's me. The-
1: Okay, so I love making turkey dinner and I love the idea of having huge family get-togethers. So naturally for every holiday, especially Christmas, I invite everybody over for turkey dinner. I make the dinner. It's fantastic. Everybody shows up. I immediately become overwhelmed and overstimulated. And while I try to remain in the Christmas cheer, I just end up super grouchy and stressed out. As soon as people are in my home, I'm like, ooh, there's too many people in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Uh That's
0: great. Good morning. Good morning, Max.
2: How are you guys doing today?
0: Not bad, and you? Well, I can't complain. Yeah, right. Try. (laughs) It's
2: another Uh, sober morning in my life, Ryder. I'm living the dream. (laughs) You really are. How
1: long have you been celebrating sobriety? December 1st was two years. Woo!
0: Dan, congratulations.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. I saw that you did a sober November
0: Ryder. I did, yeah. How was that for you? It was good. Yeah, I like, uh, I think a lot of the same vibes you do, waking up and feeling 100% is uh, an underrated feeling.
2: Yeah, it really is. And you guys are both crushing it in the gym right now, too. So that definitely plays a big role, Matt.
1: Yeah, thanks for noticing.
2: Oh, I, I've been watching.
1: <laughs> so why don't you just let our listeners know a little bit about uh, your sobriety journey? What was it that was like the the real reason behind it?
2: I mean, one of the things is that you're the only person that's ever going to know your relationship with alcohol, your friends, your family, your partner, they might have an idea of what's going on with you in your life, so you're the only one that actually has the knowledge of what you're doing behind closed doors. So for me personally, it was actually with my previous relationship, she was really wanting a family, and I just knew that it was not going to be a responsible decision for me to move forward with that relationship in the capacity that she wanted to with Mm -hmm. um, the way I was abusing alcohol and cannabis. So that was kind of the deciding factor. And then at that current time, we had just gotten Lucy together as well. And that was probably the extra piece of the puzzle that really made me decide to commit to it.
1: And that's your dog?
2: Lucy is my dog, yes, you
0: bet.
1: Tell us a little bit about the holiday season and how that can be a bit stressful on some people that are going through or trying to be sober, Ryder? Es-
0: especially uh, when you, you just quit December 1st. It must have been a pretty interesting 2020 Christmas.
2: You know what? I was very, very thankful um, for the second lockdown that we had just gotten into. Oh, yeah. Totally oh. That totally That actually made it substantially easier because of the fact that I didn't have those types of situations to go into, put myself into from exposure standpoint. So I got, I, don't know, I guess you can call it lucky in that sense. I don't know universal luck, whatever you want to call it. Well, but, maybe there's other people uh, that are
1: dealing with that same thing, and this is their first time being invited back into Christmas parties and stuff, which can be kind of scary, right?
2: For sure. And, and again, this comes down to your personal relationship with it in the first place. So, I mean, there's going to be kind of a secure approach and a non-secure approach in terms of how you kind of want to deflect those types of questions. I mean, if you're on the more secure side, you can just obviously give an honest answer. You can just say, regardless of whether you're trying to go completely sober or if you're just trying to cut back on alcohol, the biggest thing with that is that you never owe anyone an explanation as to why you aren't going to drink. Uh, it's a personal decision. Even if someone wants to pressure you into it, you absolutely do not have to fall into that trap. If you're on the more non-secure side of that, I mean, there's always some excuses that you can come up with just in terms that you can offer to drive, you can pretend that you've got plans tomorrow morning, you picked up an extra shift at work. You've got some sort of responsibility that you have to take care of tomorrow that you don't want to be hung over for. Those would probably be the easiest ways. There's also, obviously, for you, Rodney, you were doing the non-alcoholic beers in November. There's a lot of good options out there now as well. So you can mm-hmm. still kind of feel like you're a part of the quote-unquote fun with having non-alcoholic drinks that do taste quite good. Um, that's one of the biggest I guess triggers for people, too, is being in those types of environments and just not having something in their hand. So that's where the non-alcoholic approaches are really, really helpful in that sense.
0: I feel like we've come a long way, even as simple as the non-alcoholic beverage options, like you said. But I feel like we've come a long way, too, as, from what I've seen, a society of people that want to support their friends who decide not to drink. I feel like 10 years ago, if I wasn't drinking at a party, it would have been a joke. Yep. Uh, people would have taken pot shots at me about like why, and I, I'm sure that still happens. But if you are somebody who wants to support your friends who aren't drinking this holiday season, a, a good option probably is to load up your fridge with a few great non-alcoholic options. Is there anything else you could suggest to somebody who's maybe hosting and just wants to show their support for... People that choose not to drink?
2: Honestly, just making it a very, very inviting atmosphere and not putting any pressure. There's going to be that individual that still does feel the need to pressure someone. And, I mean, the reality is that that is their own insecurity with Mm -hmm. themselves and why they need to drink to, again, have fun. Yeah, honestly, just having that option is really nice. I went to two weddings this summer, and neither of them had non-alcoholic options, and that was kind of a, a bummer, to be totally honest. So just having that option does help a lot.
1: To anyone that's listening, just be aware that there are more people more than ever that aren't interested in drinking alcohol to have a good time. Mm. I mean, we've seen studies done with the generation behind us, Max, that a lot of them aren't even going into that phase of life where they're partying hard every weekend. That kind of seems to be fading out. So just being aware that there are going to be people that aren't interested in drinking and to not push them if they say no the first time.
2: Yeah. And it's again, you're the only one that knows what your relationship with alcohol is behind closed doors. So even if you have a great time and you can control your alcohol, you don't know what that other individual is going to be doing when they're alone. And so you don't need to perpetuate that and make it worse when they're in a group setting, because that's just going to further their own triggers and their own insecurities with alcohol when they are alone.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, trying to cut back.
2: Just let
0: it go. I remember a situation in college where I had a buddy who's like, I cannot drink Jack Daniels. Like, there's just something about it. And I was like, yeah, right. Anyway, poured him a Jack Daniels, and then he punched the window in the building and broke it. And I was like, oh, he actually can't. So, yeah, I mean, if somebody's like, no, I, I don't like to drink a because blank, they don't even owe you an explanation, but... There might be something there that, like, when they drink, they turn into somebody completely different who you wouldn't want to have at your party. Or So just give people the freedom to choose what they want to do. Exactly.
2: And, and even if you're going to use alcohol, like, I, I want to make it very clear, too, that I don't judge anyone who does. My biggest question, and more so from a coaching standpoint, is just what is your intention behind using the alcohol? Because if you are someone that also says that, oh, I can't have fun without alcohol— well, then you got to do some inner work because if you truly cannot have fun without alcohol, then there's bigger problems that need to be addressed.
1: Yeah, and I liked your point on your Instagram. You can follow Max, Max LaRock Fitness, um, how there's a lot of reasons why some people drink to resolve things like their financial stress or their dysfunctional family dynamics or social anxiety or depression. If you're struggling, you can reach out. Who um, or what resource did you use?
2: There's a lot of good online communities that you can reach out to. Obviously, there's kind of the typical AA approach. I didn't personally vibe with the AA approach very much but i kind of took pieces of the puzzle from AA. I honestly just found a sober community online like there was just really just a facebook group at the time and again this was kind of right in the middle of that second lockdown during the pandemic and there's still there's actually way more what is one that i like on youtube actually addiction mindset inc he's very good he gives a lot of information he posts videos daily on kind of just things that you can do in terms of when you are quitting the withdrawal process all of the above and really helpful tips in
0: that way would you think it's a cause for concern if one of the reasons someone drinks is because they don't like being around uh, other drunk people unless they're drunk <laughs> <laughs>
2: Totally valid. I'm not going to lie, Ryder. I went on my first stag this summer, my first sober stag. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. By the end of that weekend, I was pretty, I know I'm on the radio, so I can't swear, but I was pretty annoyed with the friends I was with at that point in time.
1: Like, why do they talk so close to your face? Oh, my
2: God. And why do they get, they get louder and every hour they get louder and they get more annoying and then they have to talk louder and louder and louder to talk over each other. I'm not going to lie. The first night was a battle. There was definitely a part of me that almost wanted to cave. I'm glad I obviously didn't. But yeah, wow. it, it, is a, it is a thing. And also, one of the to be totally honest, one of the big experiences with that trip was it really showed me that those types of environments really are not fun. And if you don't enjoy that type of environment and you have to drink to have fun in that environment, it just goes to show that the environment itself really isn't that much fun, and maybe your social circle really isn't that much fun.
0: Wow! Or, or yeah, not built for what your priorities or enjoyment factors are anymore. Yeah,
1: you should enjoy just going for a coffee with someone or eating yeah. dinner with a group of friends. I mean, it shouldn't still, take alcohol.
0: I still enjoy that. Ryder's bringing
1: Baileys to the coffee shop. No, no, no. I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean the stag scene, but I don't think I would enjoy it.
1: Huh?
2: It's again, everyone has their own. Right. If you're more introverted, you're more extroverted, like one of the things with sobriety is that you really start to lean into what you do enjoy and what you don't enjoy. Right. You stay really far away from that. And I've just come to learn that I am quite introverted. You know, I'm technically an ambivert where I'm extroverted in certain environments with certain people, but in certain environments at the same time, if you put me in that, I pretty much shell up and go big-time introvert. That was kind of my crutch back in the day was if I was in an environment that I wasn't comfortable in, well, then I would just get blackout drunk so that I could, again, quote-unquote, have fun, when in reality that just caused a whole whole pile of a mess of my life. So it really wasn't worth the fun.
1: You know what? That's actually quite inspiring for anyone that's been sober, curious, or wanting to explore that in their life learning new things that bring you joy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's one of the craziest things of working with people, to be totally honest, especially when they are either going sober or sober curious, even just cutting back, is that you almost start to learn that you don't even know what's fun. And it's kind of a sad reality of our society, to be totally honest, mm-hmm. is that a lot of us don't actually know, especially as adults, what is fun anymore because we kind of just flock to what is the cool thing to do, which is to go to the bar and get shit-faced. Right. On radio, I can't swear. But, That's okay. Um, All good. Yeah, like, you know, if, if you don't truly enjoy it and you're just doing it because your friends are doing it, is it really worth
0: it? The Ryder and Lisa Replay.
1: Brought to you by Action Furnace. Fixed right or it's free. Play 107.